Although llamas have been known to kill predators, such as coyotes, they should not be considered attack animals. Alright, here we go. Today is Tuesday, May 17th, 2016, and this is episode 160, the long-in-the-coming episode 160. And my name is Jerry Bell, and joining me tonight, as always, is Mr. Andrew Kellett. Hello, Jerry. How are you doing tonight, sir? Super duper. How about you? I am doing pretty well. Sorry we disappeared for a little while. After the Verizon data breach report came out and all the controversy surrounding it, uh, we had to go to an undisclosed safe location for a few weeks. Yeah, and there were lawyers and depositions and judges and bounty hunters and, yeah, llamas. Llamas and... Ocelots, that's right. There were ocelots. We we recently learned through a graphic demonstration that the ocelot is a natural predator of the llama. (laughs) It was, it, wow. Very unfortunate. Seared into my brain. Yeah. When it, do you think the Ocelot figured out that was really just a person in a llama costume? <laughs> About two or three minutes in. I'd imagine. Once the screaming truly stopped. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I think they bleed the same. Once you true. Once you get in there, right? But. So, uh, just before I say this next thing, uh, thoughts and opinions of us are ours, ours and do not reflect... Those of our employers, past, present, and future. Okay, now I feel safe. Uh, so before we get into all the stories, any thoughts on the controversy swirling around the Verizon data breach report? Because it's it's been pretty pretty vocal, especially around the CVEs uh, that were commonly exploited and some of the stuff in that report. Yeah, and I, I will say um, uh, it's been a day or two since I've seen any emails about it, but there has been just a nonstop barrage of, of emails on some of the different mailing lists, like security metrics, um, talking about this and, and, you know, where, where did the data come from and how come, uh, how come everybody can't get data from the NSA and, um, you know, the, the, don't we realize that I, IDS data is, uh, it, you know, is, is very prone to false positives. And anyway, um, I'm going to guess, I'm, you know, I'm going to pull out my crystal ball and say that, that uh, the, the group that wrote that report this year probably won't be writing that vulnerability section next year because that seems like just a monumental pain in Ouch. the ass. <laughs> no, no, and I don't mean that because I don't think they'll be invited. I'm oh, going to okay. guess because it was... <laughs> such a monumental headache in response. Well, do you think there's some accuracy issues there? Well, I, I think the challenge is that there was a, you know, th- th- there was two different expectations, right? There was what it was. So if you listen, even read what Michael Reutemann wrote, you know, he's basically saying that, you know, if you take these two different sets of data and you smash them together, this is what falls out. Right. And, and so kind of knowing full well, that's not a perfect thing. Right. But 
given given the data that we have available to us, here's what we see. And you know, of course, everybody in the industry kind of intuitively knows. Well, you know, the the CVEs that were referenced don't really make a lot of sense, right? Because a lot of them are man in the middle type attacks, which you know you really wouldn't be able to de determine from that kind of a vantage point if an attacker has the you know the the ability to launch a man in the middle attack. So it's not kind of even negating the fact that that's probably not the most significant thing that you know would would uh, would be going on. So anyway, it's um I, I suspect lessons learned for everybody. Um you know, kind of be skeptical and ask questions when you when you read reports about the methodology, but you know, I think to their credit, they did, uh, you know, they did do some in the in the DBIR. They they did do some disclosure of the methods used, but you know, obviously, nobody reads fine print, and I'm not sure it was all that clear. Anyway, <laughs> well, and I think I think part of it too is that this is such a well-respected report that you know when you're on top, it's and people perceive you to have made an error. Oh yeah. They're going to come after you a little harder than, you know, the that particular report kind of set the standard for that. And now everybody and their brothers are releasing reports. So of that ilk. Yeah. So I don't know. I do think, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Verizon data breach report. I support it. Uh, we take a lot of time to prepare for it and cover it. But I do feel that that information, even if it's accurate, is is not useful. It is not what I think we needed to know what to better defend our environment against because it's not relatively, it's, it's not relating what's really happening on the street of the drive-by flash attacks and, you know, cross-site scripting attacks and, yeah. you know. That, that's, by the, by the way, been a lot of the criticism around the that particular section of the report is, uh, you, you have on the one side people saying, well, look, you know, th there are people, and I think you even mentioned it last uh, when we talked about this, you know, we, people take a look at that and say, oh, you know, we should go look at, you know, go plug these CVEs in and, and see what's going on because these are the things that the top things that are being exploited. And then on the other side, you know, people are saying, well, if you are that, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, right? But if you're that dumb, you know, to to not re not use your mind, use your brain, and figure out that that's you know, those CVs aren't what you think they are. Um, then you know, I'm not sure what you're doing in that job. That's the, the, that's kind of been the two ends of the spectrum. Well, even the updated CVE list didn't feel like it accurately reflected what I think we see as the common attacks out there. And so I'm looking at at the the report as something that says, look. I need to know where to focus my limited resources. Yeah. What's really going on out there? And I really feel that the CVEs they mentioned as the top 10 are not a good reflection of where I should be spending my resources. No, and, and I think that's the lesson learned for everybody, I think, all the way around. Because, again, the, the, all they were doing was, was correlating uh, <laughs> IDS fires with... Uh, vulnerability scan data, and and so you know basically they saw lots of uh, you know lots of hosts that were vulnerable to let's say Freak or Poodle or whatever, and then they saw lots of traffic 
that appeared to be trying to exploit those things. And then bam, there it goes up on the list. And, you know, that's, it, 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 unfortunately, I think the, the methodology-wise, it doesn't necessarily mean that the host was compromised. And so, you know, I think they were, yeah, whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I surprised this topic on you. We didn't even prepare to talk about this topic, but it's... It's, um, I, I think the lesson is for everybody, you have to be a little skeptical when, when you read these reports, because there are some times that, you know, the, the, it appears obvious what they're trying to communicate, uh, but that's not what's actually being communicated. And, you know, I think this is a great, a great example. And, um, it seemed obvious to, to everybody. It seemed intuitive what they were trying to say, but that's not in fact what they were doing. Indeed. So I agree. Anyway, um, let's see. So, you know, since we've been gone, the the world has gone to a hell in a handbasket. I mean, we had the world-ending image magic bug, right? And uh, let's see, what other... Uh, oh, I guess we'll, you know, we'll talk about one. Uh, uh, the first story, in fact, was kind of a you know another world-ending bug, which was from bankinfosecurity.com that uh, Tavis... Ormandy has uh, apparently found that Symantec's antivirus uh, not only has some pretty significant bugs, um, you know, buffer overflows and stuff like that, uh, but also that it processes um, or scans, at least in some respects, uh, the malware in the context of the kernel, which is totally awesome. Um, and and so the you know the the, the Net was his uh, statement says, you know, all you have to do to own a co or compromise a computer running semantic antivirus, a vulnerable version of semantic antivirus, is send an email. They don't even have to open it. it just has to come into their inbox, which is just be processed through the uh, through the engine, basically. Which is just awesome. Yeah, and, you know, and I was thinking about this too, and this could be an absolutely incorrect assumption. So I'm going to put that out there. But things are fast when they're processed in the kernel, right? That's the fastest way to do something typically, just in general, right? In, in, in Windows computing, from my vague understanding of programming, the kernel is the fastest way to go. So I'm wondering if the reason they were processing this in the kernel wasn't just for permissions, but also for speed. Because Windows users are very sensitive to speed. It's true. I, I really, I honestly don't know the the intention behind that, but it, that seems like a, a pretty good a pretty good guess. And, and I'm just wondering, ultimately, if this is a reaction to the marketplace saying, you know, AV is nice and all, but it's causing me too much lag, so make it faster. Whatever you got to do, just make it faster. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's... And I'm not going to mention any names, but I've been looking at lots of security products recently, and I'll tell you, a lot of them almost... And I, I, will, I will actually say, they, they kind of advertise as a feature that they link really deeply into the operating system you know kind of in the in the context of the kernel which which says that you know while while it's um it's unfortunate that Symantec had a has some vulnerabilities 
I'm I'm not sure that they're the only game in town that's doing this in the, these this kind of stuff in the kernel. And so I think you know to an extent we're you know we're we're probably all holding our nose and pointing at them and saying, "What the hell are you doing?" But I don't think they're alone in that respect. Which kind of says, you know, we've talked about this in the past, you know, this technology is failable, you know, that, and, and, you know, it, 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 gosh, this is so frustrating because in, in layperson terms, so many people think about antiviruses, you know, well, I don't need to worry about, you know, patching because i have antivirus i can do whatever i want because i have antivirus i i can use the same password everywhere because i have antivirus and you know here you have a case where well you know that antivirus and other security products can in fact increase your attack surface and so what do you do about that true but is this a pocket case is this something that in general the value of a security tool outweighs the risk. Um, oh, I, 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 I would generally say so. I'm not sure that it's a pocket case because I think if you look at the work of Tavis Ormandy, he, right, he's got he he's got left kind of a, a bloody trail of carcasses <laughs> along the road. <laughs> um, I think that I think the issue is that this is a. You know, unlike other applications like, you know, mainline Microsoft products and Oracle and Flash and Java and all that stuff that are just hammered all the time, I, I get the sense that that's not been done with antivirus. Well, I think it, we were on the cusp of that. Yeah, we're, right, right. And and so, you know, we're I think we're just seeing the, I guess, technical debt for a lack of a better term, Right. That, you know, because I think it was two or three weeks ago, there was another report about, I think it was Symantec 2, who had some problems because they hadn't turned on, you know, some some really kind of brain dead uh, security features when they compiled their products. Yeah. Well, everybody, you know, this is no excuse, but everybody does make mistakes. Now, we hold these guys to a higher expectation, into a higher level of discipline on this stuff, I, I feel. And it certainly is a much bigger deal when a major security player has an issue like this. Uh, you know, but at the end of the day, it's good that people are looking for this stuff. Though I have a, I don't know how to equate this well, but I get this feeling that for every one vulnerability found like this, I wonder how many more are out there that go unfound. Uh, yeah, it's kind of uh, indeterminate, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, obviously, when you th- if you look at other other products, you know, Microsoft products in in particular, obviously they're not it's not one for one comparison. But you know, you, you, one would think, well, maybe at some point we run out of bugs, but there just doesn't seem to be. You know that doesn't well, seem to be in the cards. No, we're always we're always designing and developing new code. So we're always finding new ways to integrate. We're finding new ways to, uh, you know, pull things together and and open APIs and all these things that are always opening up new attack services on code. Always, always, always. I don't think that's ever going to go away. But well, I mean, even with um, you know, even with with older products, we c- we continue to find 
new bugs. And I think a lot of it is just different different people looking at things from a different perspective. Sure, and accumulated knowledge about different ways that things can be exploited. Yeah. You know, we see a class of bug come out, and then people scramble around to test other stuff. Oh, well, that's an interesting technique. Uh, let me see if that works over here. Yeah, so and you, you continual knowledge transfer there. You can you can bet that most of the antivirus companies are furiously trying to determine if they have some of these problems. At least I would think they are. I would hope so, but this is one of those really tough situations where you get within your own echo chamber and drink your own Kool-Aid, and this might have very well been a conscious decision made by Symantec for some other consideration and reason. And you know, that was just, well, that's just the way we do things here. Yeah. Well, I, I, I guess I don't mean the running in the kernel part. I mean the vulnerability part. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, somewhat that too. Like, I, I just wonder, how many times have we seen evidence where big engineering mistakes come out? And somebody somewhere said, yeah, you know, we warned them about that, but leadership took a different decision because of X, Y, Z. Yep. It's called then, the called the. By the way, if you're interested, uh, there's a whole field of study about, behind that. It's called the normal accident theory. Sure. And so I think a lot of us were probably exposed to that with the Challenger explosion. Yep. Uh, at Chernobyl and Three Mile Island and uh, on and on and on. So, uh, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You know, I I think I've said it before. The the road to hell is paved with accepted risks. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, it's uh, I, I do think that this is not the end. I, th I suspect we're just kind of at the beginning of a probably pretty contentious road. I, I for me, the challenge is that you know now that it's it's th there's a couple of different problems. Number one is you're you're effectively installing this. I mean, generally we have antivirus agents on all of our stuff. Yeah, and it's usually not, it's usually from the same company. And regardless of what industry pundits would like to say, we're not going to get away from that anytime soon. Well, it, well, that well, that's 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 very true. But you know, think about it from the the perspective of systemic risk. I mean, in in the in this particular case, there's a patch out. There's, as far as I know, no known exploit available. You know, it's it's was responsibly disclosed and blah blah blah. But you know that might not have been the case, and in the case, you know, in, in this particular case, my understanding is it's exploitable on all the different platforms. And so now think about this: like, it doesn't matter if you're talking, you know, your Linux systems and your Windows systems. You you probably have the same antivirus agent across all of them because nobody buys, you know, seven different antivirus, so you know, endpoint antivirus agents. That just doesn't makes sense no not from a manageability standpoint we've talked about this as well of having like multiple firewall vendors right and and so so now you know anyway i i don't have a great um it's, it's kind of a, a, a unvarnished thought but it just seems really kind of scary to think about you know, ha having one piece of software like this which is proving out to be relatively un you know, unbattle tested, uh, across, installed across your entire estate with, you know, kind of sitting in a position where it's <laughs> you're actively inspecting uh, most things that come its way. 
So um, it's, a, it's a little little troublesome. Hey, I, there was one thing I, I wanted to mention at the beginning of the show because this is something we hammer on a bunch. It was a fascinating discussion about naming vulnerabilities. So um, this is like the the topic change turn signal right here. You know? <laughs> okay. I, I have been forewarned that we are changing topics. Um, so uh, it was on the Risky Business Podcast, I think it was last week. I don't, they all bleed together for me, but um, he was Patrick was interviewing. Gosh, I don't remember who it was. The the, the per, I think it was from Slack. The person who found the image magic bug, okay. and and um, or I don't know if he found it or was the one that that decided to raise the alarm. Not I don't really remember. That's not very important. The important part was, is it just not important because you can't remember? Yes. All right. That's Sorry. right. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's what we say when we want to divert attention from our <laughs> lack of uh, remembering. So, Alzheimer's is a bitch. Okay, go on. Yeah, it is. So uh, um, anyway, um, he, the, the, this person pointed out that they um, they wrote up a, a blog post and and tried to publicize it. This this is a pretty serious bug. And nobody paid attention to it, or very, 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 very few people paid attention to it. Uh, yet it was really serious, and so they, um, I guess they, they kind of had a, a early on, even before they wrote the initial post, they had a joke about how they should, you know, brand it and name it. But but they didn't. They just wrote up a post about it, said, "Hey, maybe That'll we should, maybe we should patch uh, <laughs> image magic," <laughs> and. Um, no, no, nobody, nobody paid attention. So they registered a website and made a logo and started making lots of noise about it. And sure enough, uh, it got lots of attention and people started patching it. So, wow. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, um, but it's got a value diminishing returns. You, we can only have so many named vulnerabilities before we start tuning out like IDS alerts. This only I, works for so long. I, I don't disagree. I hate I um I I think it's a terrible practice and that anybody who does it should feel terrible for themselves. I th or about themselves. I I think that um yeah, I know. They're bad and they should feel bad is that what but you're saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. So um but but this is kind of a counter, counter example that well, you know, not doing it sometimes doesn't but then again okay. you know okay so let me equate this we're at the phase of website development where somebody discovered the blink tag and so they're using the blink tag and for the first month or two it was cool until it's annoying as hell <laughs> well then they'll move on to the marquee tag <laughs> the scrolling tag <laughs> Uh, you know what's sad is probably half our audience is too young to even know the hell we went through during the blinky phase of website development. That's right. They don't remember the blinking 12, 12 o'clock on the VCR either. So. We had to walk uphill both ways in the snow to get on the internet. <laughs> That's right. We had, we had this noisy box that would connect us to the internet very slowly. Leave your wife out of this. Oh my god. So, yeah. So, anyway, that's... Uh, now, now I'm going to get it. <laughs> yeah, he, he, I've crossed the line now. you crossed the line, buddy. 
yeah. So that that is interesting. That that you know maybe they should have bought a promoted Twitter. Oh, they 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 uh they they registered a Twitter account too for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess the the concern I have is are are we just really bad at you know at reacting to things like that? I mean, that's a image no, magic is one of those things that's every damn where. It is like shell shock, right? No, we're reliant on a fairly small group of influential people to tell us what to care about. I suppose it's it is it is the echo chamber of infosec there's a there's a couple of websites there's a couple of blogs there's a couple of people but i say couple i mean probably a couple of dozen that if they pick it up and run with it it matters i suppose i'm i i'm 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 not on board with this though i'm i'm a conscientious okay. objector that's okay you're allowed to be wrong that's fine <laughs> you can't stop me from being wrong huh <laughs> All but right. no, that's why I honestly think it is, is that we're running through the day, you know, if 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 whatever blog or website or whatever doesn't write an article about it, you know, you might pick it up in your vulnerability management tool, but you're not going to go crazy over it. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, God, what is wrong with us? It is, it's how we process information, man. We, we specialize and we, we allow... You know, we delegate decision-making to those we trust, whether we know it or not, because we cannot cope with all the information coming at us all at once. It's the same thing we do. It's, it's where prejudice and stereotype and all that stuff comes from. It is our way of coping with a ma- vast amount of information being thrown at us. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying that's how our brains work. That's how they evolved. We can overcome it, and we can adapt away from it, and we can be aware of these cognitive biases and deal with it, but that is exactly how our brains work. Mm-hmm. So you just uh, you just apologized for Hitler, didn't you? That was amazingly fast. <laughs> I know. I mean, you you didn't even. Do, do, I know. I just cut right to the chase. You didn't take me to dinner. You didn't kiss me tonight. You just bent me over on that one. That was yep. wow. So uh, speaking of bending over, our <laughs> next story comes from. See that was that was awesome, wasn't it? That, that is podcast magic right there. From v3.co.uk and the title is Hackers Exploiting 6-Year-Old SAP Software Flaw U- Warns US Cert. So apparently 36 enterprises uh, unnamed by the way. Uh, I am assuming you could you too could probably figure it out if you knew the right query to run in Shodan, but anyway, there are 36 companies running uh, SAP, which is hitting out on the internet with its uh, pants around its ankles, running a um, running a configuration that has a five or six year six year old vulnerability that allows complete compromise. And we've talked a lot about the in the past. These really big enterprise systems are notoriously hard to patch. And in fact, I'm happy to see they actually acknowledge that in this particular article. Yeah, they kind of buried that, but yeah. You know, normally that gets lost in the noise, but but these things, you know, the oracles and the PeopleSofts and the SAPs, you know, it, it it yes, they do often, usually not always, right? But 
you know, the, the vendors usually do provide patches when significant problems are found. However, very few companies, none that I'm aware of, have ever implemented, uh, you know, these products without serious modifications. And when you apply these patches, it usually breaks those things. Well, and the way this reads is that the fix was included with apparently some major programming language updates and API changes. Yes. So it it doesn't appear at first glance that you could apply the fix for this problem without also changing the programming language involved with SAP, which seems annoying to me that I can't just patch. I have to do a full version upgrade to fix this problem. Yeah, and, and that usually involves, you know, a, a busload of programmers and... Yeah. <laughs> Ugliness. So so anyway... Well, uh, in this particular case, you know, what I'm calling for here is that it would be nice to get security patches that are completely, uh, you know, version... I guess retaining the current version and current functionality... Uh, unless the patch itself has to change that functionality, it would be nice to be able to patch a, a security vulnerability without forcing me to upgrade to a whole new version, which breaks other stuff. And I think in general, we would not have the resistance to patch that we do if we could always do that. Yeah, I, I, I just, that's not how these things are are, are designed. And so, I know. so you I know, know. Th this kind of goes back to the, the discussion we've had in the past, when when an organization uh, you know, takes on one of these things, it's kind of like adopting a kid. You know, you are you are signing up to care and feed for this thing. And so, um, you know, my my experience has been, you know, we we like to to bring it in. We customize the crap out of it to meet our business. Well, actually, I, I should take that back. We bring it in assuming or with with the full intention that we will do absolutely no customization hmm. right mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. because because that would be terrible and will will cost lots of money however now we've spent you know seven or eight figures on some software and it, you know the business people uh, completely reject it so now we have to do a whole bunch of customizations and uh, you know those customizations don't carry forward uh, through patches and so some some patches not all patches but uh, which means that you have to you basically have to forward you know carry forward those customizations onto the new platform and sometimes that involves writing new code I think a lot of times it's not quite that complicated but you know that's not cheap that's that is not a cheap thing um, but I, I think the you know the lesson is, uh, for better or for worse, and and I, I know this is not a popular thing for a lot of companies. You really have to kind of. It's kind of like when you buy a house. You know, you you have to recognize at some point you're going to have to replace the roof, and you know the water heater and the driveway, and you know, and those are expensive things. It's true. And you know, you you, you can't just go throw a tarp over your house. But, you know, well, we hired the consultants and they left, you know, four years ago. So now what? <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. So the only thing I want to say about this is that this was publicized, found, and has been pushed heavily from a marketing perspective by a company called Onapsis, which, guess what they do? 
Wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. Let me guess. It must be something to do with enterprise software vulnerability management. Specifically for the SAP platform. Really? I know. Holy cow. Are you kidding so, me? I guess I'm just saying take with a slight grain of salt that there's obviously a profit motive in driving this concern. Wow. I know. Craziness. That's really crazy. Anyway, so yeah, um, uh, you know, I, I, I will say it's probably not an awesome idea to have this stuff exposed to the internet. If you if you are aware that it's going to be that hard to patch, um, you know, the, the the issue is, and and I like it's it's kind of cute how they, and it's it's only talked about very briefly here, but in the in the full report or full advisory they say something to the effect of you know not only does this vulnerability allow an attacker complete and utter access to everything in your sap instance it probably also allows them access to other things non-sap things on your network <laughs> which wait, is uh wait what yeah it's uh well i mean it, it basically is a is a uh, reflection point to to pivot into your your network but i okay but getting admin rights on sap shouldn't automatically give me well i'm assuming you mean seriously you think that people use different passwords are you serious (laughs) well nothing says that they actually get a copy of the password just that they invoke remote access with admin rights yeah well I mean, I'm I'm sure they've I'm sure they've rat thirteen this the password, so it's, pro- <laughs> it's probably totally. Uh, I'm sorry, they're a lot more secure than that. They rot twenty six did. Whoa, that's twice as bad. And they're looking at a patch to go rot thirty nine. Wow, hardcore. All yeah. right, speaking of hardcore, uh, our next story actually there's two or three stories uh, related to the Bank of Bangladesh Swift heist and so there's some some new in, interesting stuff has come out about this um the finger pointing alone could be a source of renewable energy yes in the hot air absolutely oh yeah it's, oh, it's impressive yeah. absolutely <laughs> there's a yeah you could put some uh, some windmills up in front of the uh, you know some of these people shouting at each other so anyway um, the first story I have is from Ars Technica, and the title is $1 billion Bangladesh heist. Officials say Swift technicians left the bank vulnerable. So some uh, some people from uh, allegedly from the, the Bangladesh police and bank officials anonymously talked to Reuters and said that, hey, um, it's not really us, you know, the people, the, the, the bank here in Bangladesh that, that messed up. It's actually the SWIFT organization that came out last year and dropped off this stuff, you know, the, the SWIFT terminal. And, uh, in, you know, they didn't even follow their, apparently, they didn't even follow their own security guidelines. And so so some of the allegations, and so it's covered a little bit in here, but some of the other things I've read is that, you know, the it was the Swift technicians that went look <laughs> scrounging around the, the Bangladesh bank office and found that crappy $10 network switch to use. Uh, apparently, and it is referenced in here, that the um, 
you know, the, the, the Swift engineers were tired of going in and out of the locked room that the, the computers were, were in to do their jobs. So they set up a wireless router in the locked room so they could access the, you know, the, I guess, quote, isolated network uh, from outside the office and, uh, and, then, and then left it there. Right. I mean, why would you take it? Take it down. That's kind of crazy. One, the second one is bad. The first one, you, I gotta think this is what happened, and I don't know this to be fact. I'm speculating here. But how many times, when you're a consultant, have you shown up to the site and you sent the customer three weeks ago the requirements that they needed to have and the gear and everything else, and they didn't have it, and now you're on site and you got to get stuff done? Yeah, that's true. And so. What do you do? You find a way to make it work. You get it up and running and you tell the customer, okay, but here's what you got to do when you get the stuff in. And they didn't do it. Yeah, absolutely. That could be what happened. I, it could be. I, I, I feel that, you know, unless a, the Swift organization was truly a managed service provider, uh, the Bangladesh Central Bank is still ultimately responsible for this. They own, I mean, they, yeah, they contracted, have somebody come in and set it up, but they still own it. Yeah, I mean, those, those are details that we don't know. We may never know. I mean, maybe, maybe if it goes to, you know, some kind of trial or, or whatever, but, um, it, it, it I mean, it certainly is a, a plausible scenario. No question. You know, you show up and say, okay, we're here to, <laughs> we're here to install the stuff. And they say, well, that's awesome, but we don't have any stuff ready to install, and and so so then it becomes a mad, you know, mad hunt for uh, switches and hardware and stuff. So right. I mean, it's, it, it, we don't know that that's what happened, but that's uh, certainly a possibility. They do say that you know they also didn't disable USB ports. Um, let's see, what else did they say? You know the the, the Wi-Fi thing from accessing the. The room yeah, that was that's... a little tougher to forgive. Yeah. Now I can I can get it in the short term, but why wouldn't you be smart enough to remember to pull that down? Yeah, exactly. Now, now here's the, uh, and I, I I've caused a little bit of controversy about this because you think you have, you'd I, like to think you have. Well, that's true. I'm I am. You like to think you're you you have that kind of influence it, to even cause controversy in my own mind. In my own mind, I have caused controversy um, because I really don't think so. In the case of Bank of Bangladesh, it was apparently four computers, four right. in in a locked room. Okay, now I understand we talk endlessly about how hard it is to secure an enterprise or to keep people from clicking on links and things like that. We're talking about four computers. That gated access to twenty-seven billion dollars. Okay, four computers that that don't really need to be accessed very often. They're in a locked room. They 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 control access to twenty-seven billion dollars. Did I say that? So you know, I'm not good at math, but that's a lot of money per computer. <laughs> the it. It should only be running the stupid Swift software. How? Uh, okay. I understand in the context of an enterprise. Yes. Shit is hard to secure. Absolutely. 
not going to argue with that. This is for computers. These are not people's workstations. But think about how the risk was accepted. $27 billion. <laughs> <That's what laughs> it's unforgivable. So even... well. <laughs> Uh, yet it will be forgiven. Uh, you can see very easily how they're setting this up to say, well, you know, the people from the SWIFT organization came and set this up, and we just did what they told us to do. So, you know, what do we know? They're the experts. Oh, I, I mean, I, absolutely. That's clearly... I get it. It's, it's, it's insanity. But, but it's know, also incredibly easy to see how this could happen. Well, well, it is, and you know, the, 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 there's there's a lot of discussion about how oh, you know, this is it's a targeted attack, and and you know what, absolutely, it's a targeted attack. The 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 stuff that's come out about this clearly indicates very intricate knowledge of the you know of the Swift software, yep. of the processes at this bank and the other banks that have been targeted by the way because they're not all the same. They they have different some different processes and and the attacks have been have been tailored. However, it's still for computers. And I I, I just want to say if you had 27 billion dollars of gold sitting in a room, you would probably think that a bank might figure out how to, I don't know, protect against the insider threat. I mean, <laughs> you know, okay, I get it. <laughs> you know, insider threat and collusion is difficult to defend against. Four computers, $27 billion, going to keep saying it. But it's cyber. <laughs> I, uh, I, I get it, but, you know... Dude, we're a bank. We got. We're here to do banking stuff. We're not here to, to, to secure things. That's what apparently. By the way, the Bangladeshi sound like rednecks. That's what I've just decided. <laughs> we're not here to secure that. The Swift guys, they, they come down here. They did that stuff. We got, we got stuff to do. Wow, that sounds just like them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know it's where that voice came from. Twenty-seven uh, billion dollars. And yet, and yet. They only got eighty-one million. I, on accident. <laughs> I mean, you know th that alone, by the way, should I, should tell us right. how, <laughs> should tell Sorry. us a lot about this, right? Tell you what, Swift customers of the world, Jerry and I will be happy to secure your four computers for fifty thousand dollars a computer. That's right. <laughs> I, what a deal! I, I, I'm just saying, th this what is this know, is not. What I want to know is, was there ever any sort of regulatory agency auditing that organization? And if so, how the hell did that pass? Well, I don't. And this don't goes know. back to the first don't time know. this came up. You know, the Fed basically, the Federal Bank basically said, <laughs> because Bangladesh said we got hacked, and it's it's you know the Federal Bank got hacked, and Fed said no 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 no, you said that's a valid request, and they were right. This is and then now the social organizations coming out going, you guys didn't secure your stuff. At the end of the day, you still have to take responsibility for your own environment, no matter yeah, what. That's right, and and Swift, by the way, you know, there's been. There has been a number of uh, additional cases, including one in um, 
Vietnam recently where the, the right. bank apparently somehow de- detected and deflected an, uh, you know, an, an attempted attack on their SWIFT terminals. Uh, but, you know... Well, here's my question on that. First off, are we now into a shark attack reporting cycle? So now that this has become news, stuff that wouldn't have been reported before suddenly gets reported, how often, what's the normal baseline rate of attacks against the SWIFT infrastructure? Yeah, it's hard. hard that's, that is absolutely hard to say. I mean, it, it, it's clearly got to be a target because it's got... It, it's, it's got the money. It's got the money. That's right. Right. Um, but, you know, SWIFT continues, despite the, these new press reports, SWIFT continues to say, look, the SWIFT network has not been compromised. No. And they, they continue to say, you know, banks, you guys need to protect your stuff. Yeah, if somebody steals your checkbook and writes a check on your account, it's not the bank's fault. Right. So so that's, you know, <clears throat> and I know th- there was uh, apparently last Friday there was uh, uh, some a communication that went out related to a recent, uh, apparently in a, a recent attack, which... I guess allegedly looked and smelled a lot like what was going on with the Bank of Bangladesh, but it was different, you know, different stuff. Like they didn't have a printer. They used a PDF. They generated PDFs and, you know, so similar things. Instead of attacking the printer driver, they attacked the PDF reader. So, you know, that, that again, um, you know, indicated some inside knowledge. Is Uh, the PDF reader like the Walmart greeter? It's just a person who reads PDFs all day. Hmm. They, I mean, they attack the poor guy. That's really an un- unfunny joke. Just a retiree trying to make some extra money. <laughs> maybe, maybe we just found the problem. Oh, by, and by the way, the uh, the FBI is convinced that uh, this was an inside job. Uh, allegedly, yes. allegedly, which kind of goes to our next story, which comes from CSO Online, and and. Uh, the title is Malware Attacks on Two Banks Have Links with 2014, so- 2014 Sony Pictures Hack. So now North Korea and the aliens are attacking banks? Yes. Right. Before we do that, before I just want to say one thing. One of the stories we're linking to is a Wall Street Journal article story. I'm not even going to talk about that one because it has a stupid registration because I tried to open it and it greeted me with a uh-huh. registration. So well, I am here to help. What you do is you get the headline, you go, you punch it in Google News, and you read it there, and yeah. get you right past that paywall. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm objecting to the whole thing. So. Okay, I was trying to help our, our listeners, but fine, carry on. Yeah, no, no worries. So anyway, um, it was a good article, though I will say that, but I really, um, it, it, it's very off-putting when you have to log in, so. And that's why we don't need passwords, right? Yeah, exactly. Because they're just going to get stolen anyway. <sighs> so uh, anyway, uh, um, the oh. BAE systems, you know, they, they were the ones that kind of blew the lid off this whole thing when they, they did their report about the malware they found initially. And, uh, and so they're, they're claiming that there is quite a lot of similarity between the code the malware that was used in these two, um, you know, these two Swift uh, bank attacks, and some of the malware, or at least components of the malware that was allegedly used in the attack on Sony. 
and you know so so it's kind of you know, some of the irony is that hey you know the the FBI has pinned the the Sony hack on North Korea and you know if if attribution is is to be believed and people are using you know they're they're not reusing other people's code cuz that would never ever 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 happen never never ever i mean you know i i, I it, we would assume right that 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 the bad guys have intellectual property protection problems too right so they <clears throat> they probably have dlp controls for their employees you know like is that a usb drive in your pocket no and by pocket, you mean rectum? <laughs> man, why do you have to go there? I didn't. They did. I'm just reporting the news, man. I don't make it. So anyway, um, but yeah, the 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 uh, the irony was that um, you know the FBI is saying that the swift these swift attacks are inside, you know, at least partly inside, and, and whereas Sony was uh, North Korea, so well. So, and just to be clear, the, the portions of the code that, that was reused is actually some weird kind of esoteric accessory code. Yeah. You know, like checking to see if it already, the, the, a copy of the malware is already there, um, checking to uh, how to delete itself, uh, you know, yeah. kind of some see, helper code, not necessarily the, the core of the, the malware. See, I think that... Um, I think there's a like a, a, a an underground stack exchange. Well, one thing that I will give CSO credit for is it was a third paragraph in. Uh, they actually do something I never see anybody do, which is posit that maybe it isn't just that straightforward. So, say, so is North Korea seeking to boost its foreign currency reserves or is someone conducting a false flag operation or just reusing old code? Huh. How about that? See, I, I think I think my stack exchange idea is see I, you know So tell how would that work exactly? Well, so you know stack exchange is that you know is is the website that programmers go to get help from each other and so they they post little snippets of code and you know somebody says, "Hey, how do I you know, I, I want to delete my malware once it's on a system, and someone says, "Oh, you know, here's a here's some code that 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 kind of does a good job of this," and now it's you know it, it's on the bad guy stackexchange.com or or .onion, and uh, and you know now everybody is you know knows to go to that site, bad guy stack stackexchange.onion, and you know they they find oh look at that there's some code right there that that does what I need, and I'll just copy that and. How do we know it's not like in uh, Learn to Write Malware in 31 Days, third edition? Well, I mean, it, it could very well be. Absolutely. Just saying. Yeah. So this is the trouble. I mean, we're making a lot of jokes here, but this is the trouble when you try to look at code and decide if it's related or not, or if these actions are the same group or not. It's digital code that's easily replicated. And to be very clear, this BAE article that originally came out was on code that was updated to VirusTotal that's never been definitively linked to the attacks on the SWIFT network. Now, it sure as hell was written for it, and it sure as hell looked like it should in, in Wood, and there's a 95 percentile it was, but it it was not recovered from the site. It came from VirusTotal. So we're starting to build a little house of cards here on connections. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. 
So, and, and in fact, I think it's actually uh, it's actually once removed from uh, from the code because they're they say it looks like something else that used a similar key, and this one used a different key. Anyway, it, um, or mutex, right? Named the name mutex. So it's it's um yeah, it's it's kind of a tenuous link. Um, you know, maybe maybe there is a link, maybe there's not. Maybe there is a bad guy stack exchanger, you know, or there's a you know bad guy malware or, how to or, or the Sony attack was never North Korea to begin with. Or that Sony truther. Oh, 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 oh dear! Now you've done it. Helicopters are coming. Yeah, well, they know my address. They know where to find me. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I think the, uh, I, I, look, I, this, this really just points, in my opinion, and we've talked, we said this before on, on one of the last shows. If anything, and if we do ever find out who did this, I suspect we're going to find that it's not all that sophisticated of an operation. I mean, the the net effect is that in aggregate, it looks pretty sophisticated, but you just don't need that much in the way of resources and know how to do this. You just have to have will and, you know, and, and desire. This is not complicated stuff. I would agree up until the point where all the uh, very, very precise interactions of the Swift network come into play. Yeah, but you, the Swift software is available for download. It's... You but know, knowing about the specific printers and how to rewrite those, if I, if I can get if I can get poison ivy on your computer and watch you do what you do for All a right, while, that's fair. Right. Yeah, I mean this is kind of like a really complex Lego thing, right? I mean you can build little Legos, you can build big Legos. You just have to know the components and how to use them properly. And you know, and if you're after a billion dollars, you're pretty motivated to hang out for a while. And, I still want to know what happened to the guy who made the typo that cost him the nine hundred. Oh man, he's got those concrete boots, I bet. <laughs> Swimming we with the sick, fishes. We should sick Bob on that story. He can probably find out for us. <laughs> yes. So, uh, um, yeah, and by the way, that that again kind of points to the the potential for immaturity, or maybe as you pointed out, maybe it was a. You know, the, Wait, e the Edward Snowden moment of... <laughs> are you calling me immature? What? What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I... <sighs> Sad but true. Yep. So, anyway. That's uh, what we got for this week. I think we're about out of time and I'm ready for bed, so... But we do have one extra special announcement that... Oh, yes. ...just hit before we went to record. And I don't even... I don't even know what to say about this. It's... We were shocking it's i mean normally we've always not, well we haven't even ever been the bridesmaid right it's like we're, we've not even been invited to the wedding i've often been a ring bear okay well they dress me up in a bear costume and i <laughs> wow it's true so yeah in what clearly must be a mistake we were nominated we you and i and this show was nominated for Best Security Podcast for the 2016 EU Security Blogger Awards. And that is incredible. That is awesome. I, don't, I, I haven't even processed that yet. It just happened just before we went to, uh, to record tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go out drinking tonight. So, <laughs> Well, we are humbled and stunned and, and you know, 
happy and thrilled. But, uh, you know, there, there's some very, 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 very good podcasts uh, nominated with us. So, you know, we're, we're, we're not expecting to win, but we certainly would enjoy a vote. That's right. And it's uh, We'll put it in the show notes, or you can just kind of do a Google search for uh, 2016 EU security bloggers. Oh, I just lost it. Uh, EU security blogger awards. Yeah, 2016 EU security blogger awards. That's right. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we definitely appreciate the vote there. Thank you so much, everybody, to those who have uh, donated to our Patreon campaign too. That's uh, very, very nice of you. And let's see. If you have any feedback or questions, send us an email to info at defensivesecurity.org. We're, we're almost to the point where we're going to have to do a listener mail uh, episode because we're we're getting a lot of it. It's true. Um, let's see. You can follow the show on uh, Twitter at DefensiveSec. You can follow Mr. Kellett on Twitter at Lurg. Me on Twitter at MaliciousLink. You can find... Links to the stories we talked about tonight on our website at www.defensivesecurity.org. And uh, with that, we will talk again next week. Thanks a lot. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening, as always. See you. Bye-bye. I like the ocean. I love to listen to the ocean. I like to look at the ocean. I just, I'm not a beach guy. Mm-hmm. You know, All that that's... sand should be turned into microchips. <laughs> in time, in time. It's part of my plan. I mean, I mean you know, people, people love the llamas, you know. I know. Although, although I will say they have no appreciation of how much work it is to clean up after llamas. That's true. That's true. We need to make a Roomba. That's specifically for cleaning up after llamas. Oh, the the llama ba, the llama ba 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 ba. Yeah, it would be really big, like the size of a Hummer. We need to figure out what the natural predator of a llama is, by the way, and then extend the joke out one more level. Yeah, it's got to be like a cougar, right? Which is which is in itself a its own joke, right? Oh, I found I found the guard llama. There's a guard llama. <laughs> it's a llama. Uh, something I can't pronounce, alpaca or hybrid that is used in farming to protect sheep, goats, hens, or other livestock from coyotes, dog, foxes, and other predators. I, I have heard that before, actually. I, it's a guard llama. Yeah. How do we not have these standing in front of all of our firewalls? Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.